0: This is Space Cats Peace Turtles, the unofficial podcast for Fantasy Flight's Twilight Imperium. Episode 208: This Tournament, Tournament Structure Path and Factions. Music by Ben Prunty, featuring Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson. We keep thinking we're gonna get away uh, from talking about the tournament, and uh, we just don't I'm get it. i on to. my
1: phone, okay? <laughs> Can you, you like invited me to Marco Polo, <laughs> and you want me to get set up and get into this Marco Polo business, and then you just start doing the episode, and that's Oh,
0: Hunter Donaldson just joined Marco Polo. Yeah, Say I hello. just
1: I just joined Marco Polo. Hey, Hunter. This guy's like sending me. St- what sounds like spam? To inv- <laughs> he sends a text to invite me to join an app, which is the spamiest thing <laughs> that you can possibly do. It didn't
0: give me another option. It was the only way I could send. That an seems invite.
1: weird. It okay? is weird. That seems weird. Uh, Marco Polo, get some integration. Is mm-hmm. what it's called, I think. Um, so yeah, and now I'm I'm logging into the app. Okay, mm-hmm. I was gonna send a cute Marco Polo of us starting the episode, but you just went ahead and started it. <laughs> Because that's, you know, if you look up in the dictionary, oh, when does the Space Cats Peace Turtles episode start? It says when Matt starts talking. That's what it says. It says there when are so Matt starts talking. There's so many episodes
0: where you're the one who starts the episode. No,
1: I guarantee if we did a quick data collection project <laughs> where we went through every single episode, who talks first, I guarantee you it's 70% you. Ow. 30%. I want to see the numbers. Somebody run them. Somebody run them. I want. can How come the math people never do. The dumb projects I things. want them to do. They're always doing stuff like, "What faction is the best? How's the tournament stats looking?" I want who speaks first, Matt or Hunter? Every episode of Space Cats, Peace Turtles, and what? And then you ask, "But what if someone that isn't Matt or Hunter is on?" Uh, how about this? Those count as me too. All right. Those, those and then, get to be Hunter points. Those get to be me points. Uh-huh. And then we'll. And then I bet you still, still,
0: still, you hear what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. What now? How do you uh, how do you feel? We're like the tournament is technically about... behind us. Yeah. It but, like, is... What we do keep you mean doing... by technically? It well, is. It is. But we it's keep doing sure. episodes about it. Like this is another tournament episode. Well, this isn't our fault. So sure. if, if
1: you are tired of the tournament, uh, hearing about it, um, especially since it's over, I totally get why you'd be tired about it. Um, but the Galactic Council decided to meme pretty hard. Uh, yeah. This month or should Boy. I say last month? Yeah. Um, which also, we memed kind of hard because we actually forgot to put the poll. Yeah, twice. The second uh, round This of is it.
0: July's Galactic Council episode. Yeah. You're going to get another one real fast.
1: Yeah. We're in disarray, uh, but we're going to get back on track uh, in every way that is possible. We've also been doing, uh, I just want to say this at the top, uh, me and Matt are, have been experimenting a little bit. Uh, by just streaming ourselves playing video games like a regular old Twitch streamer. Yeah. Uh, Not like a good one, mind you. uh, We're we're pretty good. Mm, Are we? Are we? I mean, we're not good at the video games that we play. See, there you go. I think that's it. Um, So, yeah, during the week, uh, you can expect to see us uh, playing, and then on the weekend is, like, when you're going to get, you know. Of course, we're going to keep playing Twilight Imperium and stuff like that, but we kind of wanted to stream more, but it's hard to get TI games together. Yeah. All the time, and it's also hard to have enough time to play TI and do a right. podcast about
0: it. We want to do more IRL stuff, like with us and EJ. Um, and people around here you know the are, are vaccinated friends and family that we can group sure. up with so we're going to play descent pretty soon too the new descent legends in the dark little stuff like that but anyways that's all to say like keep an eye on the twitch like yeah. we're, we're and we'll we'll in the rundown we'll give kind of more accurate times maybe to 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 when we're doing stuff but yeah but what are we doing today matt yeah today the galactic council like we said memed really hard and uh we had two options for the you know we do we do a round of four options and then we break that down into two more as a second round and it was a 50-50 split <laughs> they wanted In the both second round, yeah. uh now so. <laughs> to their credit the uh the second the the two options were the same are the same. They're just more. They're pretty talk. similar. And no, they're not. They're not entirely the same. But no. they were pretty similar. And they're pretty similar. And we've been talking about tournament stuff so much recently that a lot of this stuff, or at least the best tournament factions aspect of this episode, as much as we tried not to let it feed into previous episodes, it's been a little bit apart. like we talked about Empyrean and Muat mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Argent Flight. You know, we've talked about some of these factions that performed well. So we're gonna do a little bit more deep diving into factions, but then we're gonna talk about tournament structures of the past present and future and and what 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 we are keeping an eye out for maybe next year based on the previous year's structures yeah
1: of the two topics uh the tournament structure one is way better than best tournament factions i mean best tournament factions is this month's Buzzfeed sure. listicle. What yeah. are the ten best? What are the ten best? And Actually I'm... that might be a fun way to structure it. What are the ten best? And sure. then we kinda compare notes.
0: Well what's I think what's boring about that is like we literally just have the information. I mean we just like we know what performs. No,
1: <laughs> I don't but I don't care about it in terms of numbers. Yeah. I don't care. I don't care about what happened in reality. Sure. I care well, about and guts. That's a good you know, point. The to... liver, the
0: spleen, I would the love, kidneys. I would love to the see guts. <laughs> i would love to see like the data of how many points faction scored compared to the wins that they found right like because like muat did horribly on a wins perspective but i don't think muat did that bad in terms of a competitive faction scoring points in the game i do not feel like that that was a, a big struggle that they had but i don't i don't know that we have those numbers broken down yet
1: Yeah, Um, I I, I mean, I think uh, math can deceive you. Don't trust them. You know, that's what I think. Sure, Uh, I think the numbers are less meaningful than what you believe and think in your heart. Because what's great about what you believe and think in your heart is that it can make people respond to the episode being mad and use numbers (laughs) to be like, but the numbers say this. But I can say what I, you know, what I think, what I feel. Yeah, Um, I think that Muat has serious problems uh, clinching. A win. Uh, a win in yeah. uh, high stakes uh, scenarios. I think in a more casual scenario where players might not necessarily, uh, you know, it, the difference I think between casual and competitive play is that when people are have an audience and they feel like uh, people are really watching, uh, I think they try and hang in there more. Mm-hmm. And in round five, I think you see a lot more wind slaying and people pushing each other and right. trying to, you know, figure it out in a way that in a casual game, you're just not going to get so much, which is fine. And actually great because I prefer to play it that way.
0: Right. Um, I I have, I have almost uh, like to break down the way factions end up in games and then how well they do. I almost have like three tiers. There's just three tiers when I'm, when when I'm looking. There's three tiers when you're looking at the draft. Um, But that there's the, those three tiers are perceived as so good that they are often banned or people refuse to put them into the pool, right? Yeah, for the this too year. Tier. they're too good They're too good to actually seek very much competitive play. Yeah, too good. There's the opposite of that. Too bad, nobody wants to pick them. You almost there's, never have to ban there's them. There's too good to play. There's too bad to play. And then there's Baby's Bowl of Porridge. But exactly.
1: <laughs> you, yeah. Right in the baby middle. Baby
0: Bear's Bowl of Porridge, just right. Just right. Not too good, not too bad. Gonna make it into the draft. And then within those three tiers you see, you know, actual... That, that's where you see, like, oh, Argent and Empyrean are actually the best of not-so-scary that they make it into the draft, and Muat is the other side of that. Muat is not so bad that they never get picked. They're They're a decent enough faction that people are not afraid to pick them. Mm-hmm. People in their home games mm-hmm. have success with them, but then in tournament play, that just doesn't pay out, maybe p- partially because in these games... If Muat is in the game, but like Sar and Cabal aren't, Muat becomes the biggest threat at sure. the table that people are afraid of and kind of slightly less willing to work with. Or everything you do is perceived more as blackmailing than it is just like negotiation. And so you just yeah. don't get any, you don't get anything nice done for you at the table. Yeah,
1: and I think it kind of goes back to an old problem, basically, which is the eggs in one basket and the egg mm-hmm. is a war son. And yeah. if we pop the egg, we kind of win, right? Uh, it's it's rough because there's only two, and generally one, and and really there's only one, right? right. Because there's the one, the offensive war son, and then there's kind of the defensive war son. Which maybe that's a problem. Maybe 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 Muat's are playing too
0: timid with yeah. uh, their war sons. I don't well, know. And that's what I loved about humble checkmates Muat play in the finals was a huge pressure to get the first war sun out and then he did stuff with the war suns on the map now it wasn't always it wasn't like the take and hold mechatol raxol game but it was like take mechatol bail go hold somewhere else like yeah, those or, those war suns moved around at it least was a little bit it was aggressive yeah
1: but i think i i guess what i mean is the problem is that if your strategy revolves around two ships yep then that's if we killed the ships then the then the strategy's right. kind of over and yeah. that's a that is that's a big that's a big problem yeah i don't know it didn't quite work out that way in in the tournament now do we want to talk about this i really like these three tiers that you laid out yeah. do we maybe want to talk about the factions by tier sure. that we you know i mean it's kind of like we have to sort of agree. I think we sort of agree on what make where, up where each tier. Yeah.
0: yeah. Let's, yeah, let's start with the top. Let's start with, because there's not very many, I don't think, in the, in the top. Yeah. So, top. Too scary to draft. Yeah. And some of this is, I'm not actually saying these factions are so good you can't afford to let them get drafted. I'm saying the broader community, sometimes us included, uh, perceives them as such a threat that they cannot be let through. Yeah. A hundred percent SAR. Right. And- Cabal, I think Sar is the top of this. Sar is tier. the top. Sar is very good at the game and very good at crushing one opponent. Yeah. And the crushing one opponent is the big reason people don't want something to get through the draft because the thing about the draft is it's flexible enough that if you aren't in that first position, you don't know what faction you're going to get. If you are first up, you know you might uh you know, you have a pretty good guess at what faction you're going to end up with, but mm-hmm. anybody else doesn't know, which means if you let something like cabal through it might end up in somebody else's hands and they might end up sitting next to you right. and factions like sar and cabal like to eat a neighbor generally sure or at the ju- very least ruin your chances at winning the game
1: yeah um i think that with yeah it it, it comes down to that double factor of yeah. just like oh they might win the game but also like even if they don't win the game i might have to sit next to them so mm-hmm. that's that's two very strong reasons Uh, to ban sorry you brought up cabal do you feel like they are in that same i think i think that's
0: where they were this tournament i think we see problems with cabal and we see that they are not necessarily like a constant game winner they have weird little troubles um they have an economic i don't really get why beyond i have a theory the sheer heat they receive from the table That's kind of my theory, but they have an economic engine and they have mobility. It's hard to understand exactly why they don't perform especially well. I think they got enough, uh, you know, they didn't get
1: played a whole lot, but I think they got enough chances that uh, I feel like we did not see them perform very well overall. Um, Not to say no one did well with them, but um, they got, they got opportunities and it just didn't happen. Um, I think that it comes down to, in a tournament scenario, uh, if you pick a faction that everyone perceives is very good, it means you were probably early in the draft, Yeah, which means that you got a not great choice for Slice. Right. And I think Cabal, uh, as compared to something like Sar, Sar, you, we can sit anywhere, mm-hmm. at, at any table. Yeah, I mean, I think Sar could possibly do... Well, this, I might be talking about my butt a little bit, but Sar, you could... You could give Sar like, a really horrible slice. And they're probably, probably going find- to be okay. Yeah. yeah. right.
0: Because they generate extra value by just f- filling out their slice. I'll throw Necro in that same camp.
1: Sure, has a weird to,
0: start. They do, but from the context of the draft, Necro certainly was not allowed into very many drafts. Uh, we can even look at the average pick priority. There's, there's a great stats sheet. You can find it on... Uh, it's pinned on our Discord, uh, but you can look at average pick priority and this means like how often was a faction the first pick in the draft compared to like maybe the last pick in the draft. And uh, this is a good indicator of which factions were if they made it through they were picked, and and I'm not looking at how many times they were banned, but I know a lot of these were banned a lot. And we've already addressed Titans of Ul. or we haven't addressed Titans of Ul yet. That is the next one on my list. We'll talk to them about them in a second. Mm-hmm. But Clanisar and Cabal are both up there, throwing in Universities of Jolnar, right, and Nazroka. We did not see them a ton of times. Um, we saw Nazroka a, a fair amount, but the the top six uh, are are Titans of Ul, Clanisar, Jolnar, Nazroka, vulwraith and then. Argent which is f- funny to me but then you start to get into like numbers that are very 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 close to do. there's really there's really four at the tippy top yeah of like if they were in the draft they were picked immediately Nasroka, Jolnar, Saar and Titans and I think those were also banned quite a lot Nasroka came out hot if you remember yes I do they, remember. they the first few games they were making it through every single draft and then they were like performing very well every single time maybe not winning but like clearly crushing their game and the tournament took a big dip on them and nobody was allowed to pick Nazroka anymore
1: yeah that's true so I think I think going into the beginning of the tournament Nazaroka and Cabal both had a lot of heat uh Cabal I think really sputtered yes uh Nazaroka I think just got pushback right and right then failed to I think Nazaroka might be uh, in as we go the distance, maybe the problem with Nasroka is they are more a faction that can't stand the heat But I wanted to go back to my Cabal point that I did not finish yes. Which is that I think that in a tournament scenario Cabal has trouble if they don't get to have a specific slice Yes And the way we structured our draft basically ensured that if you picked a hot faction like Cabal right. You were getting the slimmest You're of the pickets
0: right. for a slice Which is why that slowly turned like in the finals The last game, Cabal made it through the draft and was like almost last pick. Like our fourth or fifth person in the draft is the one who got Cabal because people, our finalists, recognize that if I pick Cabal first, I won't get the slice I want, which then just naturally pushed Cabal into a position where the person is like, well, I can take Cabal and reasonably get the slice I want or vice versa. I can take a slice. Right. With the intent to get Cabal, which is exactly what Wolfen did. He told us after the fact. He chose a slice knowing there's a decent enough likelihood that I'm going to end up with Cabal that that'll be a pretty nice position to be in.
1: Yeah. I just think that overall Cabal is a uh, a punchy faction that I think has a lot going for it. But that the problem is that it's uh, it's kind of a hungry. I don't know. I think of it like a hungry choo-choo train that yeah. needs like a lot of coal to get going. Right. And if it doesn't get going, it kind of just looks like a whatever faction. Not that it looks like a bad faction, but it just kind of looks like, yeah, this isn't quite. You know, this is. We're not talking about a a, a stomping here. Right um i think in a lot of situations and yeah i mean it's why i mean cabal got no wins in yeah. the tournament period it can did not we, happen
0: can we talk about titans in that same what happened with T- titans? titans got some wins the titans ended up with actually a respectable win percentage titans did fine but they were also um pushed out of a lot of drafts they were they were certainly scared off a lot but yeah they ended up with what a win rate at least in the prelims their win rate was 15.8 percent i don't know if that went up or down but that is as close to average as we can really care about. I'm going to be stubborn about Titans and
1: say that I think that they are. St- I think they are. I, I have cooled on Cabal a little bit uh-huh. overall. I think it's just like, like I just said, I think it's they're too. They're like they need too much. Too yeah. many things they need to go right for them. They're like right. too finicky. I think Titans is still a very good faction. But I think that there are some pitfalls that players fall into. Yeah. Um, and you, you like to call attention to Alice's. Yeah. I think Titans the way that play Alice plays Titans is very cool. Yeah. Um, and it sort of sidesteps the big problem, which is that Titans needs to, or needs to in air right. quotes, uh, reactivate themselves over and over right. in order to exchange the sleeper tokens for a uh, PDS or a mech in an infantry. Um, Alice just kind of like sidesteps that and says like, mm, no you don't yep. actually need to redeem the sleeper tokens because the best part about the faction is that the sleeper tokens stay there no matter who controls the planet. Right. I can just reactivate later, or there's like a soft power aspect to yep. this, which is that, oh, I, well, okay, so I'm going to invade that planet and take it. It's got like one infantry on it, so I'll win the fight, but then Titans can come back at any point. Yep. Like it's it, 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 it leads you to kind of feel like maybe I should go somewhere else
0: because I'm going to have to
1: deal with, it's like the idea The retaliation from
0: Titans is such a threat.
1: It's like the idea of a hell Titan versus an actual hell Yeah, Right. Is almost just as good. Right. And I think the mistake, the pitfall, I think people were falling into, which was the, which I fell into as well. And is I think in the guide, and I would love if, uh, I, I mean, I actually never want to play
0: Titans again. I do. Uh, So that's uh, the thing is I'm ready. I'm ready to tackle Titans at this point.
1: I think the big mistake that some people make is the idea of the, well, this is a PDS two faction. Right. Right. Because PDS2 factions now, I feel like PDS2 has become this thing. It's almost like Cruiser 2 to me now, where I don't think Cruiser 2 is a good upgrade on its own by itself. Right. Your faction has to have some sort of exception that makes it so that Cruiser 2 works for you. And guess who's got that? Yeah. (laughs) Titans. Right. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Well, I mean, yeah, that's like a separate point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm just using an analogy here and saying I know exactly. Generally,
0: Cruiser 2 is a pretty underwhelming upgrade for most factions. Right. And so that's think, how P that's how Hell Titan feels and that's how PDS2 can kind of
1: feel. Yeah. Um but the the point I'm trying to make is that I think the good PDS2 factions now are Argent and Jolnar and that's, I think that might be it. And yeah. it's and it's only because their commanders make pds so much more viable yeah. as far as guaranteed hits go yeah argent by just rolling more hits and jolnar by re-rolling with yeah. both their commanders i've been
0: thinking through more because P- we, we got we we didn't uh, we we talked about pds factions last week yeah and we forgot to address jolnar we didn't we didn't say jolnar last week oh and that's funny we got some maraud on that which is like absolutely totally valid yeah we completely forgot jolnar, we just is, forgot. jolnar is maybe a better <laughs> pds faction than argent or at least like up there with them because i don't that, know because of lattice i would push oh is great but i'm but my main thing is jillnarch starts with two pds so you like sure. start with this like crazy defense already set up yeah. anyways i I'm, my brain is starting to lean um a little bit i think there's i think really great ghost players will push back on ghosts being a pds faction and that's probably right but i think Ghost has pds as a pretty big option and uh my other one was winu because winu can get pds out so incredibly easily see
1: i think that so m- maybe there, maybe we need to do a PDS tier thing, probably. Because what I would say is that that both Ghost, Winu, and Titans kind of all. Th- what well, and actually, I'll. S- well, it's kind of the same deal with Ghost because the whole point is with Ghost, you're moving the wormholes around, and now our network changing can hit your targets. Yeah, I think the problem is that Graviton is still a dead tech, and it's even deader now. That's very it's true. Even deader Even now.
0: though it's a, it would be a great tech with these PDS factions, but it's. You just never, you're never going to get it. It's dead. Yeah.
1: So now it's, to me, it's more like, don't, it's like, uh, does your faction have some sort of exception to mean that in this one moment, this one instance of the use, we can get so many hits, so many guaranteed hits. Right. That it's devastating. Yeah. Titans, if you want that, it just means you have to spend so much. Yeah of your stuff, your energy in order to do it. So I would say at this point, I think Winu is a better PDS faction than Titans Titans is. I think so. But I wouldn't even say Winu
0: is in that tip top tier because it's
1: just raw. I mean, you don't even want to get plasma scoring as Winu. So that means like we just got to get all of these PDS out and then we got to pick up, you know,
0: AI dev or whatever and get PDS to that way. I don't know. Speaking of Winu, that's another one in this top tier, uh, too scary to allow through the draft. I don't know where Winu is at. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, no well, I, I am confused. Like we've talked about in the past, Winu is in that weird period. And I've been saying this since POK came out. I think we're going to continue to see Winu change over the course of this year because Winu definitely did come around on that idea of they're so, their late game potential is so scary that we see them completely Winslade in rounds one and two where they can never find the traction like people recognize that that's how you stop winu is they're very easy to stop early and then they never find, and, and that became a trend throughout the rest of the tournament like winu had some early successes but then were generally just avoided in the draft That that's the big thing for the tournament is regardless of winu's actual performance they were a scary enough threat that they were a very common ban
1: yeah i don't know i i think like so if you look at their pick priority, they're actually pretty late. Uh, yeah. They have about uh, three point five, which is halfway through the draft. Somebody yeah. picks them. Um, they got played eight times, and they have two wins, which is twenty five percent win rate, which is actually good. Those are good stats. Yeah, I just think that people are people treated them like they were not worth it, or I don't know if like people just haven't been practicing winu. Uh, because of that still potential for getting shut down, they don't like that, so they don't even want to go there. Right. But I think Winu... It's weird to say, but I feel like Winu is a little underrated right
0: now. Yeah. Like, it's... I. It's, well, they're crushing it in general stats, like the TTS sure, community. Sure, in a casual game. They're yeah. just, like, off the chain, so... But it's... So it's just, like,
1: maybe the problem is that they're still, they're still stoppable, and if everybody's playing deadly serious... Yeah. Then... You know, it's just not going to work out too hot. I don't right. know. But, like, it's hard to explain the pick priority aspect of it. Where, like, that when they made it into the draft, people were not rushing to pick them. Right. So, that just makes me... When I see that, it makes me feel like people were not practicing them. Right. And not really learning the faction that well. So, you got into these situations where, like, they were available and people people at the top of the order were kind of like, eh, I'll just, <laughs> no I'll just pass on Totally. Right? I, I don't know them that well, so I'm not going to play that. Yeah.
0: I want to also put extra on that top category, even though extra saw quite a bit of play. The story of extra absolutely became what are we doing? How, why do we keep allowing this? The semis and the finals, we didn't see any extra, mm-hmm. right? Is that right? I don't I don't think there was a single extra in the semis. Um, and it's because they were either getting banned or not being allowed through the draft into the pool because right. everybody recognized that extra is a threat too great to allow at the table. Right, right.
1: Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, Extra's whole thing is that, I mean, that hero is such a ridiculous way to lock up a win. And the same goes for Winu, too, right? Like, it's like the hero is ridiculous um, that Extra is just, I don't even know what's going to happen with Extra. Like, it feels like that hero is in a place where something needs to change about it. Yeah. Uh, as far as tournament play goes what's you know?
0: hilarious to me about extra is okay if we look at just the win rate in uh, again we really have good stats on the prelims the semis and the finals are like their own thing so i'm, I'm pulling most of these numbers from the prelims but this is
1: qualifiers too yeah Prelimbs it's 60 games we're yeah. pulling from a
0: decent it's, amount it's of games it's a good sampling um but from that what's what's so funny to me is the top two factions in terms of win rate percentage you can easily throw out right mentac two out of four Yeah, they were never played. That's that is such a small number. All of these numbers are insignificant. I get that. But we can look at the difference between Mentax two out of four, Clan of Sars one out of three, and then X-Chaw's five out of 16 like that number jumps way up yeah there we can very clearly show that extra is significantly more reliable than a lot of other factions at winning the game right um and i think the nail in the coffin was how wildly locked in micmac moose's prelims game was as extra yeah, that was insane. that was like once people saw that they were like oh <laughs> You can't. You just. You can't even deal with extra early. It's not like Winu where you go and deal with them early. They actually have early defenses, and so then they just run away with the game if they get lucky enough.
1: Yeah, it's rough. I mean, deal deal with them early doesn't really make sense as a strategy against extra. I don't even really know what you do at this point because, Mm-mm. you know, not trying to take anything away from anybody that won a prelims game uh, as extra, but you have to admit that if the right action cards yep. come your way, there's almost nothing that can be done about it. Right. I mean, unless you have Empyrean neighbor, that can really, that could change it a little bit. Uh, That's still, you know, we got to have a lot of mechs in the right spots. Um, But besides that, I don't know. I I don't know that there's a way to stop it. So I feel like, uh, I feel like that hero needs something different
0: that it does. I wish. Is there anybody else in that top tier? Sar, Extra, Hmm. Winu, uh, Titans, Necro, Jolnar, Cabal. Oh, you're putting Necro in that top tier. I feel like I. am. I mean, we didn't see very much Necro. We yeah, saw we didn't very, see very, very little Necro we didn't play. See a lot I don't of know Necro. how often they were banned, but they were not placed into the pool very often too. Which to me says they are a threat. Like people, people don't want to hand Necro over to somebody else.
1: Yeah, I feel like Necro is kind of something that people have gotten away from a little bit i think necro is still a very good faction i think they only got good stuff with pok yeah but yeah i feel like they've kind of if they're in that tier they're kind of sagging towards the
0: towards the end and i think that's just from a community perspective and i think that's what you're saying is like people just aren't talking about necro but i think we all subtly in the back of our heads know that necro is like as good if not better than ever and like if if allowed through drafts would crush most games that they are in yeah and it looks like the only necro win is uh
1: rando's win which i forgot what number that is but it's a it's a very good game
0: yeah, uh, yeah. and he he makes the faction look real good really good uh, yeah in that game so let's flip it who are the who's that bottom tier who is firmly in the like they just didn't get put into games they were they were not allowed through because they're so bad nobody's gonna play them Arborek.
1: So, Arborek, yeah that's
0: a big one that you know we hate them sure um, <laughs> Uh, Nalu turns out Nalu, Nalu. three games yeah. in the prelims only three never won any nobody of those three games but, but play nobody play wanted to play it anyways Yin to play. Brotherhood is in is yin in dire straits right yeah, now yeah they're in the dumpster right now yeah what do, how do you feel about that as a Yin as a Yin it's brotherhood really sad thing. yeah um but and this will this will depress uh, one well known community member I think Soul's the new Yin Soul's the new Yin I mean what does s- that even mean s- the things that who's we're f- the old
1: Soul <laughs> what do you what? uh no. <laughs> probably
0: sure nomads but it's, the new soul i yeah i guess so i'm not really sure what that means but yeah i don't yeah. i don't know what it means either but uh the the idea that yin's fun kind of gimmick was indoctrination devotion was a little bit too much to deal with in base sure. game is what i'm yeah. talking about it's and like, it wasn't very good it's a tool it's a defensive tool just yeah. like we talked about with the titans thing like the threat of devotion is more powerful than devotion is basically yeah, sure. um but yin only gained abilities where it's just like get even more ground forces and even more but like on the front end like build more ground forces right mm. and soul got two abilities where it's like do crazy turns on ground combat right. gain a new guy at the start of combat and do one extra roll that is what yin's thing was right um, that's almost exactly what yin's thing was which is like take away one of yours and add it to one yeah. of my boost my first round of combat by two soul just does that now and everything and they do else it for free and they do it they, for they free don't have to pay influence they don't have to pay to influence it. and they have all of the other soul advantages of like a clean tech path yin continues to not have a clean tech path mm-hmm. and didn't gain anything that improves their stuff so it's really sad i loved yin and there's no there's i enjoy soul and now in the same way i used to enjoy yin i think that's fair yeah and
1: soul even got a hero that helps them with a whole separate mm-hmm. thing that mm-hmm. doesn't have any like I'm like what? Why do they need this advantage right. as well? Um, yeah, Yin uh, not doing so hot right now would be a fun faction to play just to try and figure out what's going on there. Yeah. Um, let's see. I mean, technically Hakan did not do well, but I'm not going to include Hakan. I'm so it's, confused no, it's about it's just weird. I don't stuff. even know what it to say about Hakan. It doesn't make sense. I it's, know. it's not. It's that. That's just. A statistical anomaly yeah.
0: that Hakan got
1: picked so many times it did not get zero out of
0: twelve. Were they picked twice in the semis? I think maybe just once. Kraken's game they did the Kraken.
1: No, they they did not pick get picked once because they actually won two games. There were
0: two Hakan players that won. Right. So so Hakan did well when, uh, when we got into that semis bracket of players and. I mean, what, to and Humble? I honestly have... No,
1: I, I, I am really sticking to my guns on this one. I think it's a statistical it's just anomaly. It's crazy, yeah. there's, I have no analysis for you. I know. I think there's always, every year, uh, no matter how much data you have, it's not going to be enough to explain everything. Right. And I don't think you should look for... That would be looking for too many narratives in this data. I think that the reason Hakan did not do well is everyone that picked Hakan had bad luck. Right. And it just did not work out for them. Right. Um, you know, or they were just you know dumpster players. Uh, MenTech at the game,
0: even though MenTech's <laughs> win percentage ended up being amazing, they were picked four total. They times. only picked four times because very few people you know like them want or want to play them. Hakan and MenTech also both suffer in the prelims and qualifiers from the idea of there was a time limit and all players recognize that hakan and mentak add to the game's length sure. generally because sure. negotiation becomes such a mess and so both of those factions were very often banned not even because of any perceived skill just because of the hassle of them being in the game
1: that's fair i think though that still i mean hakan still got picked 12 times and yes. has zero wins right. like that's totally uh, yeah, that's, still very weird it's not great um uh, and, and their their pick priority is pretty low. It's like kind of middling. 3.3 yeah. 3. for Hakan. That means like it most of the time made it about halfway through the draft before right. somebody picked him up. Right. Um, what We've, else do we want to talk about as far
0: as bottom I, performance? I, I feel like that might be it because we start to dip into Ghosts and Mahokt and I don't think Ghosts in terms of bottom tier like so bad they don't get picked. Ghosts and Mahokt both were in 10 games out of 60. Mm-hmm. That's... I mean, that's one out of six. Like that, that's that's roughly normal, honestly. Sure. That, that's like a normal amount to be in, in the game. So I can't put that in like, nobody was like, ghosts are so bad, I can't let them through. hawks are so bad, we can't let them through. So no, I think from no. this point forward, we're in that tier of things that actually got allowed through. That yeah. middle tier is very big.
1: The middle tier. Not too good, not too bad. Yeah. And makes within, it
0: in. Within that, there is a whole different, how did they actually perform ranking? Right. But everything else we've talked about is... Too good to make it through. Too bad to make it through. They saw very, very few games. So yeah, everything else on our list is L one, Nomad, Argent, Soul, Sardak, Nor. Is funny enough made it through, even though Sardak Nor can sometimes be perceived as a bottom. That's my fault. That's totally my (laughs) fault. Just because you were afraid of him for a while. No, because
1: I was afraid of him. No, it's because I I have I I just want to. You know what? I need to cop to something right now. (laughs) I think I have artificially inflated Sardak Nor's reputation. uh and it's me and Gamma Mama. We're doing. I think Gamma Mama team. has
0: artificially inflated. Uh, I'm going to take a lot of the credit,
1: but <laughs> Gamma Mama is definitely there. Um, I think. Having Gama Mama and having this relentless yeah. bug boy on the podcast, yeah. yelling about how good they are all the time. I mean, they're my favorite
0: facts. Yeah, every time Sardak made it through a draft, the hype train started. Yes. Basically, people every get excited
1: time. about it. Yeah, and so it's kind of become its own subculture, separate from the rest of the Space Cats, peace Turtles yeah. community. Right. We are the bug people. Respect <laughs> us uh, and expect us. I want it to feel sort of like anonymous as well. Like yeah. we're we're getting in your way. We're right. doing things. Um, we're gonna hack the website soon. <laughs> Uh, us in the bug legion but yeah 26 picks two wins we're in the dumpster we yeah. suck uh sardac nor is real bad
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> continuing the the list of things that were picked a lot though uh barony muat empyrean it's funny we talked about titans in the top list but they were picked quite a lot it's probably not fair to put them in the like too scary they, they made it through a lot of drafts actually nas that's our, too that's our bias that's baby. our bias yeah uh, extra isaril jolnar hakan ghosts and Mahawks. that's 16 factions that all saw 10 or more plays basically right. but we don't include all of them in this tier i think this yeah. tier is a little more
1: i mean the the our, our way of talking about this is a little more it just based off our perceptions as well
0: yeah um the top the, the tops top, the top top is l1 nomad argent and soul yeah right and, and empyrean sorry empyrean definitely gets thrown in there too those are the ones with like very very high win percentages and a lot of picks yeah uh, sorrel just barely i would say doesn't is not included in that but like 13 picks uh three wins isn't is nothing to scoff at um, yeah but they're they're I, I empyrean soul argent nomad and l1 were this year's top performers in terms of just like a good faction that makes it through the draft and wins yeah It's
1: interesting too because they all kind of, I I can kind of lump Nomad and Empyrean together um, as two factions that I think just have a good uh, balance of various different abilities that all help uh, and give them a lot of uh, leverage in the late game. Right. Um,
0: Empyrean and Argent are both heavily defensive in the late game. Yeah. Empyrean's home system, hard to take Argent, very hard to take. Soul is in that list too. Soul, Soul, Argent, and Empyrean are all good factions that then cannot be dealt with in the late game. If, if you get to them too late, basically.
1: Yeah. I'm trying to single out Argent a little bit and say that I actually get the Argent thing less than, so like Nomad, Soul, and Empyrean, the kind of the logic I was trying to go with there. Is that they have both a mixture of uh, combat abilities, yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of them defensive, and then also good economies. Totally. So I don't, I that's what I don't get about um, Argent and L1. Yeah. Is that they are both factions that kind of don't have like a, I would say like a very reliable mix of different things going on. Yeah. Um, I mean Argent, of course, like if you can get to ten in the late game it's locked up and there's nothing anyone can do about it. Yep. Every hollow lattice is bulletproof mm-hmm. at this point, which is almost ridiculous now that that uh NPOK Argent got a three planet home system yeah, and then also a tech that
0: makes that where well, it doesn't matter. It's fine. This yeah, is exactly. not a big deal. Man, can we talk about L1 though first? Yeah, a we second? should. Yeah, what? we should. I don't know what like I, I love L1. I think mm-hmm. L1 is great, but I cannot cleanly define for you why. Well,
1: they did get so they got the most plays of any faction. Yes. They got thirty one plays, seven wins, which is actually that's a lot of losses. Yeah, you know? Right. And but I just think that okay, so I'll use an analogy. Last year, I think um the Barony of Letnev was sort of where L one was at this yeah, year. Right. Which was that uh, they're not an overperform. They are maybe the dead center, the gold standard, the, yeah. the dead center of the of. I know a lot of people would maybe say that's Nomad because we saw so much Nomad play, but Nomad I would actually say performed, performed well. a little better. Yeah, uh, L one I would say is just kind of dead center. It's a faction. So many people know how to play. Mm -hmm. Um, They got just enough good new stuff, and it's hilarious
0: because they got better after the prelims. That's true. (laughs) They also got the rules update fixed their hero, which was broken throughout all of the prelims and qualifiers, and screwed over. There would have literally been. We can look to specific instances where l1 would have won in the prelims and qualifiers and lost because i don't know Do, well can you think of would have done, would, i would have done better i guess i should sure. say and and probably would have had a better chance of winning maybe not locked it up yeah i mean there de- there definitely were times where we had to tell
1: people that the l1 hero works like this right now and it sucked yeah because things had not been decided yet because dane does just does not just like sit in his office and wait to right. fix twilight imperium yeah. stuff right um which is fine uh, that's just how the world goes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I think L1 just... Faction, a lot of people already knew how to play. Uh, they got bumped up a little bit uh, due to POK, and now they're just kind of sitting where Barony of Letnev was sitting uh, last year, which is funny because Barony of Letnev is just kind of... In the toilet. I don't know if they're in the toilet, but they're not in. they're not in the best spot. Yeah. I feel like they just didn't get enough, and so now in the tournament people aren't into it yeah and not yeah just not not playing them here's all my question
0: marks here's sure. all my like i think the jury is still out their numbers are so weird and hard to read uh Asarl's a little bit in there where it's like Asarl seems to do actually pretty well it seems like Asarl got better in p okay i think, so. I I think, think so. definitively yeah. Asarl got better yeah mahawk i think we're all still trying to figure out exactly what to do with mahawk there's
1: mahawk is i'm i'm uh, mahawk is new sardak yeah. M- Mahawk is POK Sardak and right. I respect them and I realize that we are that I have no reason to root against them yeah. even if I do not understand them because right. if I wasn't me I wouldn't get maybe why I love the bug so much sure, sure. so I'm looking at my mahakt brethren and I'm reaching my arms out <laughs> join us join us <laughs> in the bug the bug slash Mahokt Legion yeah. essentially um, Mahakt actually, I mean, performed better than <laughs> Sardex. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they, they uh, 10 plays, two wins. Pretty good. Um, Mahakt is just a weird faction that I think uh, there's a passionate group of people that are yeah. really into it. And some of them
0: are in a very tricky way figuring out how yeah. to make it work. Mahakt is, I would say, the most annoying faction right now in the community, which is the idea that people that are big on Mahakt feel like here's here's what i'll compare it to it feels like extra and base game was like there's like a secret to unlock though there's something about them and people talk about mahawk like that where it's like no no no. no. if you do it perfectly yeah they're unstoppable they're amazing and it's like i guess but how often do you get that perfect game oh like- i
1: haven't i have a i have a answer to that question it's uh uh, out of ten plays, two times. <laughs> That's how. Twenty percent of the time. Twenty percent. Well, no, every time. not necessarily twenty percent of the time. I won't even say that. That sounds like a good. That sounds good. Twenty percent <laughs> sounds very
0: good. <laughs> two out of. I'm 10. just gonna
1: say if I take ten plays that I know about, then two times. Sure.
0: Uh, here's here's the weirdest numbers though that I, I would like to spend some time on. Um, ghosts, Barony, Sardak, and Joel Nahr. Well, I want to end on Jolnar because I think there's something very strange going on with Jolnar. But Ghosts and Barony and Sardak all fall in this like 7 to 10 percent percentage win rate. Mm -hmm. Picked a fair amount of times, but they're just they're underperforming. They're not horrible, but they're underperforming.
1: Yeah, I think that uh, I think that they're all so barony i think well maybe we should talk about barony first because i don't think there's that much to say i think they just like got a little left behind they were in a very good spot yeah. in base game and now they're just a little bit mediocre yeah i don't really have anything to add to it besides that i
0: i, th- I will I i'll note this part this is, again this is looking at prelims and qualifier data if you add semis there was a clear boost to ghosts and barony's pick percentage like the the semis map was great for ghosts and barony blue tech like get somewhere fast like they the prelims map maybe wasn't in their favor and then the semis Mm -hmm. map was and and so i still think they're just in that like good enough to i didn't hear about a lot of barony
1: wins on the semis map there
0: there weren't but i think they performed decently well maybe We, we we saw like we saw barony end up in the purple slice a lot even just in testing they were in grape nuts all the time which was kind of a funny weird thing because that's like a perfect spot for them and at least in games i played they were always in the running for the win
1: i think the best thing that barony got was dunlane reaper and i think that's awesome yeah
0: i don't think that's necessarily
1: enough enough Yeah. yeah i think that's that's kind of the issue um ghosts ghosts are i think uh maybe uh I don't even know what to say about
0: ghosts at this point. I think they're just like a wild faction. I don't think the story has changed on ghosts, which is from from base game to this, there's always been those people that are I mean, Duke Lucum, Jensen. There's like there are ghost heads mm-hmm. and they Imson. Imson, like they know how to play ghosts. It's it, like we were just talking about and extras. Like, there's a secret ghosts i believe there's a secret yeah mahawked X extra base game i don't i don't know if i believe there's a secret i believe people are tantalized by the idea of a secret ghosts there's a secret there's a way you can play or if you're the right kind of person you can get away with stuff that we not everybody can get away with like i i continue to not be able to play ghosts to their fullest potential and i don't know why and i don't think i'll ever fix that but duke lucum can play the heck out of Ghosts. I think Ghosts is
1: the coolest faction that didn't get a cool thing. Yeah. Like the hero for Ghosts, the whole like switch to right. um, systems thing um,
0: is it's just kind of silly and it's not clear that it really helps right. you that much. It's worse than Nova Seed in some ways like it, it it's a thing the table makes you do and it doesn't always incur any benefit for you and then it does really weird things to the board state that actually open up opportunities for other players kind yeah of thing maybe i think that i think the issue with
1: it is that um it's not clear what is the best way to use it for yourself yes which is yeah In that way i would say it's similar to nova seed but however we did just get a really good idea from the finals game right of something you could do with nova seed that is pretty good uh, pretty good um, I don't know. Uh, I think the map possibly was a little biased against ghosts. Definitely didn't do him any, any favors. And mm-hmm. a lot of semifinals testing, I feel like I saw ghosts win a lot. Yes. Um, and people were, but then we just didn't see that in the actual semifinals, right. which it would have been nice to have. I, seen I think people more were afraid stuff.
0: of. I I I wonder if people were actually afraid of ghosts in the semifinals. That's that's fair because that distance is was a pretty big factor people were definitely afraid of the ghosts for the finals map in yeah, testing and right. in, the, in the end right. six equally spread out wormholes in equidistance that you do not need ghosts in that imagine, situation <laughs> imagine the cheesy bread yeah
1: <laughs> that. nobody knows what i'm talking about
0: um okay Joel Narr.
1: yeah what's I, I i mean they got played they got picked 13 times not a whole lot they won once once they got Heat. They're a heat, heaty, heated yeah. faction. Is that it? I mean, what they like... don't respond well to Heat. Yeah. Um. And if I feel like... I think Jolnar... I think there's a chance that Jolnar has taken some some hits uh, overall as a faction. Yeah. But I still think... I think what it is is... I think we've already sort of addressed this, which is that I think Jolnar went from in base game being a cool faction that can do anything, mm-hmm. whatever you want to do. And now I think they're just a PDS
0: faction. Hmm. And I don't really see what like yeah i still i mean i i I feel like pds is so not out of your way that it's like i can do everything and i have good pds (laughs) like if i just think jolnar got better well sorry better in like a lot of the like action to action but obviously the reason jolnar the only reason jolnar was top tier in base Mm -hmm. game is because the tech objectives came out so often that's like literally the only reason yeah that's fair they're well a, they're I, a mean, good, they j- I mean they i mean e is good like they have good stuff yeah, they, yeah. They, but the only reason they were the best faction mm-hmm. is because of tech objectives it also
1: could be that jolnar is such an economy faction in a way that makes the game take longer that the prelims was also biased against them in the same way right. that it could have been biased against right hakan yeah Although, they just weren't allowed through and like i said before i don't know if i, I think that narrative might be just like one step too far for right, me as right. far as
0: the data is concerned i'll say this much uh the other factor that could be at play here is Jolnar was right up there at the very top of if they were available in the draft, they were picked first, yep. which means they always ended up last pick or second to last pick of Slice. And I think what that shows is Jolnar is not a SAR, right, in the sense that... You can't just exist in any slice and do well and do well. Yeah. Jolnar does need some specific stuff and because they are perceived so good, you have to grab them, but then you're going to end up somewhere that is absolutely not conducive to Jolnar's playstyle. Also, there's this thing I've been wanting to talk about with Muat that I think also applies to Jolnar, which is that
1: I think the um, the floats all boat American style, or it's not only Americans that do it, so we shouldn't take credit for it, but just the idea of, hey, I scratch your back, you scratch mine all the time. It's really easy for it to, I think, get out of at, out of hand. Yeah. And the two things I want to call out are their promissory notes, both for Muat and for Jolnar. I think Muat has a tendency to sell Fires of the Gash Life for too little. Yeah. And then you're giving out War Suns for free to a faction that maybe wasn't balanced to have War Suns for free. So right. now that they have War Suns <laughs> for free, it's like an issue. Right. Um, Jolnar, I think it's a similar problem, but on a completely different magnitude, which is that I think in the rush to wheel and deal research agreement as many different ways that you can, I think the value of it right. has maybe plummeted to an extent where you have to be thinking about, okay, was were the other factions at this table meant to get this tech this easily? Right. You know? Right. Uh, and Are, I'm, are these
0: I, other factions getting tech way too quick? <laughs> right.
1: And is that actually hurting my chances of yeah. winning this game by enabling someone else? I mean, there is a... There is a, a Sardak game I played in base game ages ago mm-hmm. that I don't think I would have had a snowball's heck yeah chance in winning. <laughs> snowball's heck chance in winning? What? Where am I? Who am I? <laughs> Keep going. Snowball's heck chance in winning. I love it. Yeah. So I just don't think I would have won, I yeah. think is what I'm
0: trying to say. Absolutely. Is the words I'm saying? I, Without research agreement. I do not, as a, just as a person who really likes playing Jolnar... I don't love trading research agreement. And I, and I like, I see the value, but I am more on your side of this, what you're describing here, which is like, I think it is too much of a boost for certain factions to to get it. And especially the most of the people that can afford the hot like, I put a high price on research agreement. Mm-hmm. And it's because I don't want to sell it very much. And if I'm going to sell it, I want top dollar for it. Right. And because I also accept that someone might just hold on to it. I had a recent game with Jill where someone just held on to research agreement all game. And. They didn't necessarily act this way, but it felt like the table was acting like, "Uh uh-oh, they're holding your research agreement. I was like, I I got paid for it. I got paid for a thing that they're not using. I don't care. As long as I get paid enough, if you don't use the ability, that is still me getting the gain
1: out of it. I think people have gotten so much into the trading of research agreement that it has, like, I just want to remind people that Jolnar was a good faction before we had research agreement. right? Like, before that became a thing, and people were selling it, it's not like you have to sell it twice every single endlessly round yeah. in order to be competitive. You are a good mm-hmm. faction without it, yep. and that, yeah, essentially, I, I, I just think people should should cool it with it. And also, I think there's a way to think about it more like, and and people have done this, but you know, you are selling the specific tech that they are getting you yeah. know what i mean like right. like if you sell it to somebody for gravity drive round one yeah i'd maybe ask for well what do you what all do you have exactly because i might take all of that right um and if that's not enough then i'm not going to give it to you because if no. i give you that now you have that right and you are one of the other players in this game and that gives
0: you a leg up yeah i and, tend to always ask them what they want and see if it's in my yeah. especially with that hero where i can just swap sure. stuff out whenever i want i'm open to getting any tech like i will i will research anything if the price is right so like as part of the research deal it's like i'm about to research tech what do you want that'll set the price if you don't care then like i don't know why we're doing this deal yeah so i think charge more for that
1: and i also think the eras uh, shenanigans probably need to stop like the right the, i activate you for era for like, money and then you give me, or I get three of the trade goods. You get one of the trade goods. Yeah. Like for like, where I've seen that deal. Yeah. Um. And I, it makes sense. I'm not, sure. and I think I've even indulged in it before. On the other side, I don't play Jolnar hardly ever. But, yeah. Um. But I think that I think that's giving out too much money. I just again, I just think that Jolnar right. is floating all the boats too much when it's supposed to be that Jolnar has this thing that they're better at the rest of the table um, then in such a way, in such a pronounced way that it causes them to win the game. But if you're constantly giving out research agreement and money everywhere, then actually everybody's That's having a lot of tech. Right. And now your tech advantage doesn't actually seem like that big of a deal.
0: Well, and I think, I think the last thing that comes around to is the idea that money is actually quite easy to come by. Yep. And tech and the pace of tech is the hard thing now. Sure. And gap. so, R making a bunch of money whoop de doo who cares like i don't i don't know what that does for you more money is Dude. just everybody has more money but what you've done is put everybody in a way better tech path which means all you've done is put them on equal footing with you and if that's your goal that's fine like i i will sell research agreement for cheaper to like a sardac nor yeah. or like a mentac or i don't maybe not mentac but like things where i'm like i know you are going to struggle for tech and i want you to be relevant depending on who like your neighbors are i'm not selling research agreements to nas roca no yeah. thanks. They're good on tech. Right. Yeah. Um, I also just think th- this kind of brings up
1: a completely different topic in my head, which is um, uh, we keep having these games where at the end of the game, someone will have like, you know, like almost 30 trade goods. Yeah. And I'm starting to think that, and that's funny. And like, hey, if your pursuit is memes, I think I want to see the number get even higher. Like show me 50 (laughs) trade goods. And that's great. That's hilarious. But on a more, uh, in a more competitive mindset, I think that, maybe that's actually a sign that you're playing bad
0: yeah because you didn't why do you have all that money right there's nothing what is even for there's nothing in the stage twos where you need thirty dollars yeah and like we're in a less dependency on a stage two world than ever before there's a decent amount of wins that are based on what that stage two is Mm -hmm. but again you don't need 30 you need 16 trade goods at worst for that yeah. so you absolutely should be i guess what i'm saying rest. is
1: if you and if you converted your value into right. 30 trade goods that means to me you probably sold actual immediate value right. to other players yeah so they're they, actually getting the better end of the deal because all their money and advantage yeah. isn't tied
0: up in a bunch of useless trade goods right. they it added to their snowball that let them do more things in other rounds and yours it just sat there yeah and did nothing
1: yeah so i think everybody should kind of take a Take a lesson from uh, from Andra, or from the a more yeah. European w- way of thinking about the game, and just cool it a little bit right. with both research agreement. And I'm also going to call out. Um what was the it fires black, at the gas? Yeah,
0: yeah. I'll throw back black market forgery in there. I mean that thing needs Maybe, to be traded yeah. a lot. Yeah. Like I get why it's traded a lot, but sometimes the prices are like ridiculous on black market forgery and how much it's thrown around. In general, though, I I agree, especially with your point, which is just like people just seem like they're trying to make money, and I think the good deal makers are the ones that are accruing points in their deal making. It's all about positional stuff when control objectives come up that's the deal making that actually matters and the just like constant need to make more money i don't see what the all that does is slow the game down and doesn't necessarily contribute to your win if you know if you're not using it the right i'm way. gonna push back on the black market forgery thing i think yeah, uh probably deserve. i think relics
1: are just overrated in they're, general yeah they're that's it's true. not if you're paying a bunch of money for a shot at maybe you know it's like if yeah, you you're if relics. you take the first relic yeah one out of 13 shot that you get shard one out of 13 shot that you get the obsidian yeah uh so two out of 13 that you get something that's going to help you win the game right i wouldn't say that's good odds no, and not. i'm not gonna pay a
0: lot for that no um i think that's fair yeah yeah um any last things to talk about i think i think i have one more little thing to and we we already addressed i, got nothing. I just don't I, I would like to spend one second talking about Asural tribes uh which is just to say they good they're good they, they're good they're good is it is it the Mageon Biostims thing or is there something else that's made them It's all of it. Good. It's all the
1: different stuff. It's yeah. the deploy mechs. It's, it's
0: the it's yeah, Mageon Biostims is very common. I, yeah. I think um action cards have really fallen out of favor for most factions. Neural, not an especially popular tech anymore. No um people are not doing the secondary of politics all that often there's usually like one person a game who's like i'm the one going for politics secondary and i'm doing it almost every round yeah yeah. and everybody else is completely ignoring it and just accepting they're not going to have very many action cards which then that distinctly becomes a sorrel's advantage and the number of times i have seen someone try to throw an attack at a sorrel and they get decimated by the yeah. action card head. like that got more extreme right. in POK, I would
1: say. Right. It's kind of similar to what I was just saying about Relics, which is that... Every time you go to the action card well, mm-hmm. uh, what is the chance that you're going to draw something really good? Right. And as the
0: action card deck has gotten much bigger, I feel like the chances of you getting something really good has gone down. Right. But a will just exactly. accrues them automatically. Yeah. They're not they're not thinking about doing it. It's just happening to them. Yeah.
1: And they just have a built in way of filtering out the bad stuff right. that you're going to draw anyway. So it doesn't even matter. Right. You know. And even the bad stuff they can make use of. I mean, every bad card is a minimum a met.
0: Yeah. Exactly. That's pretty good. Yeah. Okay, let's so we've we've broken down like how we feel about these factions Let's we'll get into the let's get into the other portion of this uh, after a quick little break Okay, let's get into a conversation about tournament structure um, And and so just first question hunter, how'd you feel about this year's draft in the end? How the, um, how the draft I, suits you.
1: I think it was really good uh, in the in the way that it, it sort of took what had happened in past year's drafts and sort of said, okay, so we don't want it to just be, I mean, at certain points in the tournament, we've been so well-tuned with the draft that it's literally like, okay, so the eighth best faction is number one, yeah, ninth right. is number two, and, and it just goes like that. Um, anytime there was like a banning phase, I feel like that's what you would get. Yeah. So this was like a nice mix of like, uh uh-oh, a top, a top tier faction made it in. Right. Uh, and then, but still had like enough, uh, room, I think that, uh, that the players could really kind of swing it in a lot of different, like weird directions. I think what got, what I got a little tired of was sort of the order
0: of the events. Yeah, definitely. But yeah. Yeah, I, I think this year's draft... Well, first off, we knew a lot of this would happen mostly because POK was new. Yes. So there was not a proper uh, pecking order of like how good factions were. So even if we were going to be like, a, well, the six best factions get banned, well, we all disagree what those six best factions are. Yeah. And so it gets thrown off. Um, there was also the... We had in the first year of the tournament, we had kind of a random element that got introduced. In j- I don't like to introduce a factor into the drafts where someone will randomly be forced to play a faction they don't want to play. Yeah. I want all of the players to have some semblance of control in that way, which is why we never just like deal you a faction and that's what you have to play as or, mm-hmm. or any loose connection or that so that in this one it's you get dealt four factions and you're gonna put one of them into the pool right right and it, it, you're not forced to play that there's gonna be five other options that end up there there will probably be something in there for you and if not there's a nomination period where you get a second chance to get something you want to play in there right. so everyone was given equal opportunity to get something into the draft um like you were saying last year's draft was very strict yeah. uh you you we assigned speaker you picked a slice or you, you banned a faction, you picked a slice, you picked a faction. And and we saw Barony in every L1 in every single game. Mm-hmm. You know, we saw things in every... And, and this year, I think we achieve. I mean, there's going to be a certain level of... We said this last week, I think. I can't make a bad faction good. Yeah. I can't make Arbor, Arborek pickable. That right. That is impossible. But the sheer increase in number of factions and the unknown... Ability of the factions right meant that we had a way wider net to catch factions in.
1: I think so. Yeah, I, I, I definitely. If if you if you framed the question as, do I think this was the best draft we've ever had? Mm-hmm. The answer
0: is definitely yes. Yes, definitely sure. yes. The first year's draft was uh, goofy out of necessity. Uh, I'll even I'll break it down for you, super super fast. The ver- the first year's draft, the 2019 tournament was that you you determine like a player order but mostly here's the here's the problem in base game there were 17 factions which was not divisible by 6 which meant any method that you try to attempt has some sort of goofy imbalance to mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. So the first year, we've always wanted to do some form of ban or whatever, but we didn't get to really do it in the first year. You decide a player F, then you deal three factions, except for one player has to get two because we don't have enough to, for everybody to get three. That's the whole thing. Right. And then everybody bans one, and then you put the eleven into what was the pool, right? So right. that's that's how we achieve that same pool, eleven factions. Then you would determine a a, a, a player order. And everyone puts a faction into the pool, except that player F, who only got two, gets to put one in. This is how we get seven factions so that, again, someone isn't forced to play a faction they don't want to play. Right. We always want the last person in the order, if we can help it, to have the option of at least two factions. Because it's just really tough to play a tournament game with a faction where you're just like, I was required to play this one, and I don't know how to play them. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, if you don't know how to play the two factions you're left with, then that that sucks but it, right. at least there's a the chance for options um but all of that resulted in I, I liked that draft but it was just convoluted and weird because of all the player f like in it just wasn't rounded and when we knew we were gonna have 24 factions it was like oh my gosh finally we've made it like we can do mm-hmm. a proper evenly dispersed draft
1: yeah so we also didn't have like integration with the mod at this point so it was like right i would say like kind of a difficult draft to explain to people and yeah. they all had to run it themselves yeah i mean they they had us there obviously sure. didn't have in the first in the first year we were very like hands-on right um and and you know have stayed party hands-on wherever and, <laughs> but uh so we were there but i just felt like it was kind of confusing and so I think it was difficult for people to adjust to it. I think if you did adjust to it, like this worked yeah. like it and it yielded, um, I would say pretty decent results. Yeah. Anytime. You know what's weird? What I'm what what I kind of want from the draft is more of a like a feeling of like and what I liked about this year's draft was that it it sometimes felt like you would look at the pool and you would be like, this is. This is like a random different thing. Mm-hmm. Like this is this just is like a, a nightmare scenario. Yeah, it's, it's w- what gets tiring is that, and and I will like if you if you watch, uh, if if you pay attention, I feel like in my commentary, I almost always insist that the players play the draft correctly, but at the <laughs> same time. I don't like that. Yeah, like, it's, it's fun
0: when they don't,
1: when, yeah. when things get wild. Well, it's, it's not so much that I want people to just do the wrong thing for no reason. Uh-huh. I just want the draft to kind of have a little bit of wobbliness right. in it, where it's like, uh-oh,
0: this is what the draft is this time. Right, huh. right. Well, we have to adjust to that now. Yeah. Um. So the big thing, so, so year one and year three, I would basically say the drafts were actually more or less the same. This year, the thing we were able to achieve was that idea that every once in a while, a really good faction can make it through because yeah. you know your drafting order at the start. That was incredibly deliberate of letting player one know that they're the first to draft. So, oh, I might let SAR through and mm-hmm. then get them. Um, we saw that work out a little bit. I think we saw it work out as much as I would want it to. Cause what you don't want is for SAR to make it into every single game. That's right. not interesting to right. me. Um, so last year's draft is the super weird one by by that standard, and the big thing to that is the thing that people always um, give us feedback on, which is people don't like that we just randomly determine speaker order after the draft. Right. We have we have the map, we have the fact. They want us to
1: incorporate the speaker in some because way. because
0: they view that as well. I I don't know. If I would pick this faction, if I didn't know my speaker or the, the extreme example that I, I usually hand wave, but it's a fair point that they're making is the extreme example is if you know you are speaker, you might actually take Arborek because you can definitely get the round one strategy card that you need to get yourself online. Yeah. And without that assurance, yeah, there's definitely no way I'll take Arborek because I might be sixth in order and be completely screwed. I push back on the Arborek example, but I do think that tracks to other factions. There are other sure, factions where it's sure. not nearly as extreme, but it's like, oh, but if I knew I could do the thing, I, if I, if I as Sardak knew I could take Tech Round 1, mm-hmm. I might have a killer Sardak game, and, and right. we might see Sardak get picked more often in that spot. Right. So I get the complaint of not including speaker order in the draft. I think the problem we've always had with it is if you are going to include speaker order in the draft... By nature of it existing there, the players make the entire draft about round one. And that's what I do. That bores me. Just as a person, I don't like when all of a sudden all we're doing is talking about round one and not this faction in this slice. What's What are the interesting decisions that can happen there? It just becomes about am I going to get warfare or tech or or, uh, trade or whatever? Um, I I don't think people should do that. I'm realizing because I think it's bad we've we have no proof so far that round 1 is a major determining factor in uh your winning percentage. Well, I just mean like I think I'm pushing back on the idea that people would actually
1: do that. Like I think there is this one narrow example yeah. where if I know I'm going to be speaker there are some viable options that it opens up right. for for some factions that I that you wouldn't
0: be able to play. And it's mostly for people that want to go memeing. They want to play a faction that's a little under the radar people are, are sleeping on or whatever i just
1: want to try and consider their yeah. argument in good faith i do i do too i, I don't think it's a I, I don't i don't think it's all about memeing i think it's like if i know that i'm speaker round one i can get this strategy card which means i can fix my start yeah i think that's fine because i think largely what we've realized is that you know in pok uh it's just not that hard to get custodians i feel like in base game yeah it was sort of like you had to be the right type of faction just to even get it. Yeah, it didn't matter your position. Right. It was just kind of like, oh man, it's just like hard. But now, basically everybody can kind of find the money mm-hmm. to make it. Mm-hmm. So it really just comes down to, well, were you second pick, or you know what I mean? Like, right. like, or you know, technically you can uh, start. You can if you're speaker round one, and you're like. Well, I want to go for custodians. You could take politics and give the speaker token to your right, yep. As long as that player can't get it, right? And you have to be pretty confident in that, otherwise, you're just going to be a fool, now, aren't you? Right. Um, but yeah, so I, I think it's, I think the argument is fine, mm-hmm. but I also think that that it's hard to integrate speaker in a draft without it throwing off all the balance of it's like the way we did it in 2020 made sense because yeah. it was
0: built into the map and that's what made it so hard though we yeah. had to do so much more testing right on semis maps because you had to make sure the negative impacts of the slice that was probably going to get speaker outweighed the slice that was going to be last in order like that was basically the trend of all the maps was like 12 o'clock position was a very bad slice and ten o'clock position was a great slice because almost every game. Mm-hmm. Now it was always fun and goofy when the draft got messed up. But the intent was basically we didn't want to directly assign speaker to twelve o'clock, but it was the intent that speaker would end up at the twelve o'clock position. And so the other, the person to their right in in yellow slice would have the worst round one. I just wonder if
1: we could, if we could actually go back to something like this though, because I think we well, there is the. Like like we're saying, I don't think. I mean, I don't think either of us believe that speaker is really that important. Uh-uh. So why do we have to handicap right. the person with speaker by giving them more slice if we don't even think it's that important? Right. I, I'm speaker. not as
0: afraid of it anymore. And your seat, you're already seeing this in multi draft, which is a a uh, thing that has become very popular, especially in TTS because there's a tool for it. But you can do it technically in a home game. I think Daryl is even making like cards where you can do multi draft. But the idea behind multi draft is you're incorporating slices absent of their position on the the map yeah it's just like a these are the slices that will be to your your left right and straight in front of you but those could end up at the 12 o'clock position could end up at the six o'clock position and multi-draft takes into account round one speaker order you draft Fourth in speaker order or you draft speaker as part of it. And that's incredibly popular because now you have a method that is weighing every single thing against every other thing. And and that is something I very much like. And in fact, I mean, Milti and I talked a lot about Milti draft a long time ago when I was trying to do 2021 because I wanted to do th- an, a version of that idea mm-hmm. is what I wanted the 2021 draft method to be. So 2022, 2022 might just be multi draft or 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 an addendum to multi draft. It might multi draft,
1: but all the slices have already been decided. Right. Well, and they're named because they have to have names. Exactly. We have to get
0: to name the slices. Multi draft in effect randomizes slices to to or or with daryl's tool. There's like there's like a, a a a seed of them. Right. There's there are. There's a bunch of random ones, but they're going to be kind of set in this order or whatever. A rigged multi draft. A a rigged multi draft. The slices are always the same. Yeah. And the points don't matter. What I wanna what I wanna flip it around a little bit because I also like the discussion of oh, but who is my na- who is the faction that is my neighbor? Mm-hmm. And I would like to separate that a little bit from the decision of round one speaker order. Mm-hmm. And I would rather find and this is the big trick, this is the thing that I haven't figured out yet, but I would rather separate speaker token from this whole equation mm-hmm. and you draft your round one strategy card. Oh my god in addition to so you you're drafting i'm I'm drafting my first pick of the strategy card i don't know what my faction is yet i don't know what my slice is yet but i know that i want trade round one whatever whatever Mm -hmm. that is that's probably not how it will very often go usually you're going to pick something else first and then maybe pick a strategy card or whatever but then i want speaker order to be determined after that like i want people to pick their position on the map based on who they're afraid to sit next to and not have it be Oh, someone chose this, and they're in this position, which means now for the rest of the draft, we are all basing it on, you know, the the order or whatever. And I'm not even sure if that actually checks out. That multi draft might actually solve this question by yeah. itself. I, I'm not 100 percent clear. I haven't run a multi draft yet. I haven't done it myself. I know it's very similar to things Milty and I have been talking about for a long time. Okay. Well, then I think that you should play a bunch of multi draft.
1: I want and to. that way for the design for next year can sort of be a rigged multi draft cuz i think that sounds very interesting. The strategy card thing kind of puzzles me and i uh, would you it, talk a little be- more about it but like why is my question? Like why would we do that
0: way? I don't want i, I don't know how much multi draft puts this into the consideration. I'm, I might be just off base of how i how i understand multi draft picks seating position at the table. Is is basically all I'm saying, and that's what I need to clarify. So I could be literally oh, so you just, pick
1: like color, right? Like you essentially, pick, yes, yeah. yeah. Your you spot. pick
0: you pick your spot, yeah. Um, but I believe speaker token is like a, let's say speaker token is assigned to twelve o'clock. Mm-hmm. Absent of knowing what what slice will end up there, it's twelve o'clock. So I in my draft order can pick twelve o'clock where speaker is. Yeah, round one, right? Um, without knowing what my slice is there yet.
1: Oh, this is terrible because I haven't played multi draft in so long, and I feel like. I feel like the speaker token is a is it's just a token. It's just separate. Yeah. So at any point in the draft, somebody could take speaker token. Right. And a lot of times it gets taken early because the right. speaker token. So then
0: from that point on, that, you sort of know where it's going to be. And that's what I'm saying. I don't like. I don't like it when it's just speaker token is the thing you are choosing mm-hmm. because then once the speaker token is chosen in the draft, it changes the draft to be a different beast. Yeah. And, and I would and things, rather sure it be that the the pick order is what you are choosing, not position and pick order at the same time. I want to find a way to separate those two elements, and I, I don't even know if it's possible. You
1: want people to be... Okay, well, the we can abstract this a yes. little bit, though,
0: because I think we're getting
1: in the weeds of too much specificity, and people Definitely. are like, I don't even know how multi-draft. What right, are they even yeah, talking right, about? Right. I don't even know what this is. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: the idea of taking the draft and chopping all the elements up into little pieces exactly not having it be like there's this map right it's like no there are slices Mm -hmm. and they have cool names yeah like what was one of the ones we saw earlier Turtles Paradise, that was a That's good a one. That's a good name. That's a good name. Dave's Dutch Oven. Dave's Dutch Oven. Come that on. That might be the best slice name of all <laughs> Brent time. Brent Spiner. Brent Spiner and Le- Leonard Nimoy. <laughs> that was like a Star Trek reference before we started really doing this. Because yeah. I don't know if you noticed, those have
0: increased lately. Yeah, the, the big thing I want is seven. The The thing that I dislike. Ooh, seven slices. I want slices. seven slices. And Milty Draft, I believe, does seven slices. Yes, it, I'm does. Oh, sure. it does more than seven. Really, it doesn't. I, I want seven slice. Like I would love it if the pool ended up with seven slices, seven factions, or maybe eight. Maybe it's eight slices, eight factions, eight strategy cards, and oh that's what you're god. picking from.
1: Oh my god! Eight, at eight,
0: eight. <laughs> I still, don't, I still don't like the strategy card thing. I don't know why. I just,
1: it I feels think... like a feels like it feels like we're stepping on something that we shouldn't. You know what I
0: mean? Well, so that's... Okay, that's the other factor to all what of these drafting methods. What is what, sacred? What is sacred in breaking the, the choosing effect? fact? Because here's the thing. Here's the reason we feel like we're allowed to play with certain things and we're not allowed to play with other things. In the rule book, step two of setup is choose a faction. How dare they? It doesn't say in what order. Like, you assign... Step one is assign speaker. Step one's assign speaker. And, and this speaker. is why people... Push back on us assigning speaker after everything else, because in home games, you know, speaker order before you pick a faction. But it is a it is technically a house rule to assign speaker and then pick factions in speaker order. Nothing in the rule book says that you have to pick factions in speaker order. And so that's where we get into this weird like there is no way to do a faction picking method that isn't homebrew. Mm -hmm. Because there has to be a pecking order. There has to be an order. And that's why we come up with these silly, wacky drafts. And we change up things. And the other side of it is like, then you build the map. And we're not building the map in these games. We are doing a pre-made map. Mostly because it's easier for us as commentators. um, If we had a different map every single time we did a game... That would be uh, quite a lot to try to talk but at about least every game in, in this. All the slices would be the same, right? It would be the same seven or eight or whatever slices. So we would still see how well a slice performed. But now it's absent of its relation to, Ooh. oh, Dave's Dutch oven isn't as good because it's always adjacent to classic pepperoni. And that we've seen that we saw that at this year, uh, Miller high slice seemed like it was going to be a pretty good slice, but it was sandwiched between two way better slices and crushed. Miller High Slice's chances. If Miller High Slice gets to be anywhere at once and maybe not be sandwiched between really great mm-hmm. slices, it could perform completely differently.
1: It's like a whole other thing to think about it. Yes. Yeah. In, in the draft, it's like, it's like where, okay, I got my slice. we I love it. But where am I going to put it? Yeah. It's got to be put in the right spot. Exactly. You know, maybe we don't like where it got put this time. When that would be another thing we can criticize people for. Exactly. We like to criticize people. We love to criticize We like to, it's just being, <laughs> being critical of people. It's why we're here. It's what we love. Anyways, uh, I, I, that's all very exciting, Matt. Yeah. Um, There's I, a lot of
0: testing to be done to figure out what actually works in a tournament setting. I think but the I, thing
1: I hate the most about the speaker token is that there isn't, like, a bunch of other tokens. Exactly. Like, it's just this one it's, thing by itself. That's what I'm saying. And, and that's, it's so hard to
0: balance for that. That's why I'm saying, in your brain, you just said that, in your brain, say, those other tokens are the strategy cards for round one so but that's what my brain doesn't work i understand everybody
1: gets one of the strategy cards
0: because even the person with the speaker so if
1: it was like the speaker token they don't get a strategy card or like they get eighth pick
0: now it doesn't make sense that they had speaker yeah i I, I, I hate that kind of yeah the the speaker token introduces an asymmetry that throws off my ability to design a draft and that's that's the big problem that's why i don't like specifically incorporating speaker token into the draft it, re- it just really throws me off and i would rather see other types of decisions but the big thing is i mean from 2019 to 2020 to 2021 we react to what we got used to last year like i can guarantee you next year's draft will not just be one's draft again and it won't i i will want to see a new kind of decision tree yeah it, it will not be the same very, thing. It up. will not be very similar to it at all, I don't think. Uh, I don't think it should be either.
1: I would like a little more um in the factions. I think we can shake it up even more. I really like the building a pool element, but I almost got tired of the aspect of all four like I almost wanted it to be like they all get dealt 3. Yeah. And at the very beginning of the game, the seventh player, right, the game, right, decided to ban what six is that? Factions. Six factions. Right. So the very beginning, before we even start, six factions are banned. Random. Yeah. Don't even know what faction that stuff be.
0: scares me. Just because I want it. I, again, I always. I, I think there's room for it, but it always scares me because I want it to feel like everything was in the player's hands. Um, yeah. And it's, but, a, li- and it it's it a little. It's a little bit of paranoia on my part. What I don't want, and it probably won't happen that often, but there'll be a couple people that would just be like, well. I got screwed over because all of my factions that I'm good at got banned. It's not my fault. It's the draft's fault. And people just like see a thing to point their finger at more.
1: Yeah, well, I don't care what people think. Yeah. And I'm done apologizing, (laughs) okay? And I just, I ripped my shirt. And I've got a big tattoo now. And I'm a big, beefy bad boy. And if you try and tell me
0: what to do, I'm gonna tell you to shut up and sit down. (laughs) What do you, do you you have any, do you have anything, I, I I. think so much about what i want a draft what do you what do you want from from the draft what is your here's what i want i'm just goal? gonna talk
1: in outcomes i'm not even gonna talk about i think draft that's i think that's mechanics. always the goal here here's what i want i want in here's i want uh and this is gonna sound like i'm calling out some players i'm not i'm really not um it's gonna sound like i'm calling out wolfen who i love a lot <laughs> that's gonna it's gonna sound like i'm calling out but what i want is in order for you to win the tournament you are probably going to need to know how to play around like four to five factions on a high level Mm -hmm. that's what i want the draft to yield i don't want it to be like i'm really good at this one and the other one but outside of that i don't really i hope you know i hope i get those right but you know and and then and then you know i specialize in two factions that are sort of in the middle of the pack so i will likely get in get access to them I want it to be like, all right, if you got to do really well, you need, you need to be kind of trained up, not perfect, but kind of yeah. trained up in like almost five. I no think, more than five. I think f- past five, you're getting ridiculous. You don't right. need to know how to play every, every faction. faction. That's ridiculous. And I would never want the draft to be so competitive, but I would want it to yield an outcome where I felt like that was true. And I'm not saying, I'm not calling anybody out. I'm not saying that like, like, you know, Andra had never even played Nazaroka before. Right. And I think did a great job. Right. Uh, but like, I think that we saw a little bit of faction specialization and we always do. We always see a little bit of of players being like, you know, I'm really kind of on this one right now. And I sort of want it to be a little more like, nah, you need, you need to have a good, you need to have a good, this, you need to have a good, that and a good, this and a good, that.
0: I I think that there is now room for that. Basically we've had it three years of my way (laughs) and I get that it like, a shake up is due. I will say the defense of, of the reason I I try to steer things in a certain way is stuff like last year's finals uh, Luke had practiced and thought a lot about a specific ghost opening mm-hmm. and knew he wanted to try to get ghosts into the game. Yes. And then that his desired outcome happened and he played the pants off of ghosts and it was miraculous to behold. Same thing this year uh, Wolfen wanted to play cabal in purple purple. and was able to make that happen that's true and i those types of moments are uh, are really cool to me but i agree there is value and like our root tournament uh because of the nature of root leans significantly more on this factor of like hey you got to be able to play probably everything yeah ti is never going to be the 24 factions is not eight factions for root
1: root tournament you need to be able to be able to play minimum half the factions as well right probably um
0: but in in ours i would almost say you could you could make that you got to be able to play at least a quarter of the factions well but i definitely want people to be able to try to get stuff in that they like but i understand the desire on behalf of the community for a little bit more random elements in there that force people out of their um exact comfort zone and more in determining that idea of like who are the people that can accomplish a lot with a lot of the factions you know what something I, I think that's a fair thing to to try to to achieve
1: there's another thing i want to talk about too which is this is something that we don't do but the rest of the community does and and i realize you, i you there will be some justifiable points against this mm-hmm. but the idea of the draft being a separate event from the game obviously we wouldn't do this in prelims because prelims those people not worth it not worth it wasting (laughs) it on all those prelims people they all suck they're all bad and then they become good when they win the finals that's it that's the only way to become good um just kidding i love you Mm -hmm. uh the draft being this thing that happens and then the players like all right that's how the draft went my game's coming up in a week i need to practice this slice with this faction in order to do that great planning that you're talking
0: about that that is an engaging idea if we say, hey, the draft is a lot more random, it's really going to mess with you, but you get to respond to it yes. <laughs> rather than like, get to prepare the draft for was it. random. Figure it out on your own, idiot. Goodbye. No, because I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you.
1: I want them to be able to prepare to plan yeah. because it also helps us because they planned. So now it's not like they're just sitting there being like, okay, what do I want to do? Yeah, like, exactly. They have a plan <laughs> yeah. and that's going to help them play faster and play more interesting. But, yeah, I, I think I'm looking for a shakier draft with them having this sort of stability about yeah. it. I, I think that, that there's a chance, too, that, that separating the draft might even just be like a fun... Event for yeah. us, like imagine, like there's draft
0: day. There's draft, day. <laughs> there's draft and then, day, and then and then it's like
1: we draft maybe even like the semifinals draft. This is a
0: great idea. It's I'm freaking the, out.
1: Do you really like I'm this? Freaking idea? out. Do right you really now. like this idea? Yeah. So this is what they do. I mean, like at the other tournaments, they yeah, do yeah, totally they do draft. Day no, you're right. You're right. I, it's,
0: cool. it's funny that I like. I knew that that happened too, but like I yeah, draft day. It like you were saying for the prelims there's like a lot to take in, but I do think we could. And those people aren't worth. No, I think we could pull it off. <laughs> I think, think we could. I think in waves. We we could pull that off. Whoa. Wow. You want to do prelims? I love it. I love it.
1: I can't, dude, here's the problem with the tournament. We're never going to stop doing this. No. Because we, are, if there's one thing that we're good at, which we're not good at anything, but no. if there's one thing that we were good at, <laughs> it would be making up more work for us to do regarding the tournament. It's like the one thing in our lives where we just never stop, run out of ideas that we could do that will be hard and that we will have yeah. to do
0: them. <laughs> That's very true.
1: Like, like, yeah. I, I just said like, oh, some other tournaments have done draft days for like, you know, thirty six players. Only thirty
0: six people. Yeah, let's do it for four hundred and twelve. Four
1: hundred people together <laughs> on the internet. They live across the globe in completely different time zones. They will literally be impossible to. Yeah. And we're not only are we going to get them together once for the game. We're going to get them twice together now for yeah. draft day. Mm. How is that going to work, Matt? I, I ask know. you. We'll figure I, it out. He's we'll like we have out. to do it now. We're doing it. So that's you know, if you want uh to be teased for next year. Something uh, like I that. I guess that's what this was. I... Uh, we will remember this conversation. And yeah. and when you see the draft,
0: it will be it will be different. It
1: will be weirder. Yeah. I love the idea of prep though. I want people I think to be prep, prep is
0: a critical element of seeing the good play happen. Um I prep. think I just for the like I very rarely actually feel that I talked you into something
1: and I think I just talked you, you got, into something honey, which you got I, me so good I can't believe I did that I'm, a, <laughs> I'm pretty stoked on myself I'm gonna have a great day now because I'm like yeah I talked mad into some stuff <laughs> he was like oh, I don't know about this and I was like oh you better listen boy and then he was like yeah that's great we're doing that <laughs>
0: Oh, I want to thank our Weird Boz, Farganess, Squeamish, Emu, Billy, Botbot, Brasper, Brian, Kaluan, Kraken, John, Son of Leto, Mate Nason, Sunfax, Absol, Arwise, Fuetti, TG Welch, Rumor Hippo, Privacs uh big al cappuccino spirit thing and alice and i want oh, wait so it is privix i thought I it was no privix idea. privix uh little <laughs> little peace turtles i want to thank patience is virtue my son is also named Bor Anvilier dark jutsu frank g gazcio goondock reka carnal naderade nick uncle baddy teddy's jam for you beza 87 and Rolo. oh my god um hey
1: so uh we kind of want to do so it's it's you know we're in a new season of the show uh, we've been in this mode, actually, for, you know, so we had episode 200, but now, now the finals is over. It truly feels... We were in a transitionary arc, and yeah. now we are at the beginning, the smack dab at the beginning of a new arc, which means it's time for us to start talking about This Imperium Life. Again, yeah. if you're not familiar with This Imperium Life, uh, it's an offshoot of NPR uh, funded by... Them, we yeah. have their money. Right. Can we just say that, or will we get sued? They can't sue, right? They're NPR. <laughs> NPR can't sue. Here, wait. Google can NPR sue for anything? I don't think. That, I mean, it's publicly funded. Yeah. Can they
0: sue? If that'd be like me suing myself. Would it be like you suing yourself? I, I assume so. So I don't think NPR can sue. So we're just gonna claim. I mean, it's false. <laughs> is
1: this being played in a? Is a judge listening to this right now? <laughs> so it's false. But I am just gonna say that. NPR pays us to occasionally do yep. this Imperium Life, right? Um, they, and they they pay us by. They pay us by sending agents yeah. to join our Patreon that disguise themselves as people that we know and talk to all right, the time. Right. They're NPR sleeper agents. Exactly. They don't even know that they work. I'm
0: for on to you, Big Al Cappuccino.
1: Big Al Cappuccino is an NPR sleeper agent here <laughs> to pay us
0: money so that we do this period of life once a year. Or I don't even. It's, it it's been, been a while. so long. Anyways, any, sorry, I'm so dumb. We um, collect stories from your games of Ti. We have. Yeah. We used to do play of the week. We would just at end yeah. every single episode because we were getting them all the time. And the reason we we haven't been getting is we haven't put in the call out so uh, officially today we're putting the call out please send us your stories from in game. it can be your game winning play it yeah. can be round one a cool thing that happened it does not have to result in someone winning it's just a cool moment that happened in your ooh, game ooh, ooh,
1: ooh. can i open up this window real quick yeah please do Let's... root get on in here yeah oath get on in here i don't care send me game moments send me your root an oath game moment yep. send me your ti moments send, send me send me like cosmic know, encounter cosmic encounter moments that would be a lot to have to explain to people because they might not know how that game works doesn't matter what about like you're playing the t the upcoming ti rpg and somebody does something yeah cool please though. do that's a semi that game life yep. right there
0: yeah um galactic council new poll it's out yep. um because we gotta we gotta turn this one around fast again oh my this God, was july's episode and yep. we gotta do august's yes, episode yes yes um so galactic council here are
1: your new options you can vote on as many of these as you like just like always so the first one is why you should play descent legends in the dark which is just it's a game that matt likes so he
0: put it on hunter i haven't played it yet so ej and i played a lot of descent second edition this new uh version of the game is out it's Mm -hmm. not third edition We'll, we'll get around that uh i really like Descent. i'm excited about this new one Hunter's gonna play it with us. Uh, we will probably stream a game or two at some point here soon. Yeah. Anyways, I'm hyped on it. So if after you want we get us some to plays, do... if you want us to talk about it, we yeah. can talk about it. You're yeah. not gonna pick it, this if, one. If Come you on, want, oh, hey, hey. It's not Ti related. They're not gonna pick it. it don't, don't be like that. They're anti okay. fun.
1: Don't be like that. Okay. So maybe we'll just start a descent podcast. Maybe we'll start fifty podcasts. And sure, and you'll there'll be one podcast that we every do day every the day of the week. Oh, Three hundred and sixty-five podcasts a year. <laughs> It'll never stop. Uh, we don't even take off New Year's. Um so there's that one why you should play that um we could do a tech tier list uh sure. tier list of all of the tech shut up me, 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 let me. them have what they want okay <laughs> they want us to talk they like the show you know if we want to talk about other stuff we can start other shows and we we've can. talked about starting other shows we have other shows in in the, the hopper in the hopper that's yeah. is that what it's called the hopper um I in it was in ball. the can no okay oh in the can is paint like paint. done Oh, Hopper that's... is like, I'm about to fire him out. Oh, okay. Cool, cool, cool,
0: cool. I bet Hopper um, comes from other things too. So it's maybe probably... we'll
1: just do more podcast math. Yeah. Um, and then those people can go see us there. Anyways, uh, tech tier list. We do a tier list of all of the different tech. Uh, does that include faction trackers? Absolutely. Just... <laughs> <laughs> he just decided that right there. <laughs> He <laughs> okay so that's all tech i guess uh sounds like it'll be harder with all the faction. Tech, yeah but
0: he just did it um here's your third option it's funny because like advanced carrier two and carrier two <laughs> have to both exist then it's gonna be a face yeah <laughs> advanced carrier
1: two versus carrier two um okay here's your third option improvise a twilight imperium scenario And then the fourth option... So, no,
0: we can explain what that means. What is a TI scenario? Like, if you look at the codexes, you have the Ordinian scenario. Right. You you know, it it is the idea that we have sort of a scripted start of a TI game. Maybe a couple homebrew Uh rules, but especially, like, the setting and, like, the goals are different. And what what could that be? Yeah. So, yeah, there's a couple different classifications
1: of uh, Galactic Council uh, poll options. (laughs) There's what I'm going to call the experimental pick that... Is probably not right for the show. Gets like six votes. There's <laughs> the there's the second one that is like solidly straight down the middle, what the show is about. Yeah. Totally get it when you pick that. Yeah. And I'm not going to disrespect you like this Matt guy is. I do it behind your back after yes. we've turned the mics off. Right. Third option, <laughs> cool guy, hot, sexy option, normally includes the word improvise. Yes. <laughs> um, and then here's your fourth option, uh, which is Rudio Lab, which I feel like I kind of stepped on with the this Imperium That's Life okay. thing. But we could do a separate This Imperium Life only for Root, which Matt is calling Rudio Lab.
0: Because <laughs> This Imper- this American Radio... Yeah, this... Okay, okay we'll break it down it. for
1: you. It's an NPR joke. This American Life, This Imperium Life, Radio Lab, Rudio Lab. Yeah,
0: yep, 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 yep,
1: yeah. yep. yep. Uh, so there are your Galactic Council options. Uh, vote on as many as you would like. Uh, Homebrewers Guild. Okay, so, finally, we. this is in a future where we should have caught up. Yes. Uh, otherwise, I'm dead. Remember I said right. that I will be slain if we do not do a Homebrewers Guild uh, this week, This thing. past weekend. Yeah, this past weekend. We're, were already past. So hopefully that happened. Otherwise, I, uh, I, I bid you farewell. Um, and I miss you so much <laughs> from the TI afterlife. Um, so to make up for it, I'm pulling out the big guns for Homebrewers Guild this month. <laughs> um, give me factions. Give me homebrew factions. I'm going to play a homebrew faction faction game um however one caveat just one little thing for daddy i am gonna play as the faction we made up on our improvise a faction episode way back yeah uh, Merryweather's post pavilion if you don't know what that is go check it out it's a horse faction that does bedding stuff yeah however there's gonna have to be other players yeah um so i'm gonna need homebrewers guild people to pitch me experimental factions uh homebrew factions that you made up I'll pick five of the best ones and then the other five players will play as those factions and we'll have six homebrew factions all playing off in the Homebrewers Guild game that will come out at a reasonable time in
0: the future. Now, Hunter. Yes. Are these, is it a requirement that these are original works or are we just going to get bombarded with here's the D- Discordant Stars 24 factions, pick five of them?
1: Uh, how about this? Discordant Stars, that is a separate thing give me yeah let, let's let's keep that separate cuz that's a whole big thing that we and i would address like to later. have time yeah. to do to do that the other thing is that that we'll probably just play that sometime it's not really a homebrewers guild thing
0: yeah yeah, um, yeah. homebrewers it, guild is a, is about being in the moment yes and s- sending us stuff that we're just fiddling around with like this month discord
1: and stars is its own thing and i don't want to disrespect it by having (laughs) Meriwether's post pavilion along with it like let's keep them dumb or they don't have to be dumb let's keep them original and just like new stuff that you're coming with uh discord and stars is like a whole thing yeah uh so twitch what are we doing?
0: Well, lately, we've been playing video games. Yeah, I've been trying to beat Mass Effect. Hunter is playing Fallout Fall New, in Vegas. New Vegas. I play generally in the afternoons. Mm-hmm. I don't have an exact time because it's kind of based on Molly's sleep schedule, but Wednesdays and Fridays. Keep an eye on the Twitch in the afternoon. Yeah. Something like 11 to 3 ish.
1: Yeah, and I play in the evenings. Um, not every day, uh, but I'll, d- during the week anyways, uh, I'll, de- I'll probably
0: be on like Mondays yeah. and like maybe thursdays fridays that right. kind of zone and we'll have a ti game on um on saturday that generally yeah. speaking we're going to try to do ti games on saturdays uh in the american and I'll do one on sunday too yeah I'll that's also true do a
1: sunday thing um so youtube uh you have a homebrew game or i am no longer Alive. among the living right so that's how that is right now yeah um so enjoy that or
0: or or don't enjoy his death uh yeah. If you want to, and you love us, and we love you right back, you can give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and iTunes and wherever you listen to this show, and it helps increase our visibility. I don't know. I don't know what it does. It's algorithm stuff. We all live in a post-algorithm world. We understand that hits and likes and buzzes are a good thing, buzzes. so buzz us. What's Come a Come and buzz us. Hey, shh. Buzzfeed buzz us. I don't know. Uh, You can also find more information about our Patreon to help contribute to the show our Twitter to just keep up with active events. We post there when we go live on Twitch and things like that. Uh, You can find our discord where the community is better than ever. Uh, We just opened up a new meme town. In, uh, over on the Discord, uh, the Brian the Blarger of Memetown has has run out of fuel in Memetown Three. There's no more pins left. He we, ran
1: out of fuel.
0: We got too many pins in Memetown Three. It is Mama Town forever. Is now open. It's that's not the, called Mama. That's Town. the new. It's, it's, it looks like Mama Town to me. It's called Memetown Forever. So sort of. Anyways, <laughs> you can find that Discord. You can also find our merch uh, at SpaceCatsPeaceTurtles.com
1: Yeah, that's. That's where that is.
0: Um,
1: okay, so uh, do you want to hear about my? Do you want to hear about these scars? <laughs> so your cat. I was sitting. We were watching. Uh, what were we watching? Oh, we were watching
0: Star Trek: The Next Generation. Oh, 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 Were you? Were you watching Star Trek: The Next yeah, Generation? we're, we're smack dab, What a
1: surprise! We're smack dab in the middle of season three right now. Jeez. We're actually in like there's a like season three is. Uh, obviously, much better than season two and season one, but there's a little bit of a slump in the middle. There's like a few episodes. I want grade. you we're all kind of to know that. that he does this off air too. He just,
0: like <laughs> yeah. all his whole existence right now is yeah. Star Trek.
1: Anyway, so we're eating salsa and we're sitting there. We we have this little love seat where it'll be like me and Elena and Griffin and Ira. Griffin and Ira are our cats. Oh, um, and they sit with us. And actually, Ira is named after uh, Ira Glass from the, This American Life, That's which funny. is a kind of a tie And Griffin is named after Griffin McElroy. Who's a ah, podcaster. I like to so, call him my little Griffin Mackle cat. so Sweet baby kitty. It's so Sweet lame. baby kitty Griffin Mackle cat. God, it's so lame. Anyways, uh, we just name our cats up for podcasters. So we're all just sitting there. And Elena gets up and she has some salsa, a big tub of salsa in her hand. She actually drops it on Ira, on his little kitty head. Oh, Doesn't no. actually hurt him, but he does scratch up my entire arm. It yeah. uh, uh, looks like he got
0: a tattoo.
1: Yeah. Like... It's like Ira's like gonna jump in the air and he scratches me several times in like a millisecond. Yeah. So like I get scratched fifteen times by a cat <laughs> on my arm. There's like it's like, it was like bleeding in different places. Completely ridiculous. You gotta be careful with these kitties, is what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah. PSA out
0: there. Be careful with the kitties. Be careful with the kitties. You got anything to add? Uh my cat is well behaved and perfect. And um yeah. Uh that's it. Pat is perfect. Pat Pat's- the cat. How about that? Pat is very well-behaved. That's yeah. true. That's
1: true. Yeah. But I kind of like my cats a little rowdy. You know what I mean? Like I'm a little rowdy, like I'm a little weird. I go
0: over to your house, and Griffin is nowhere to be seen. He gets pretty And Ira upset. is is doing a leaner He's, around the corner, like, who well, let you back
1: you know what? I'm I, I've actually heard about this. This is kind of happening all over the place right now. These pandemic pets. Oh dude, yeah, sure. Pandemic pets are not having are not the same. They're not great with like other people because mm-hmm. like Griffin, for like the first entire year of his life, no one came by ever. Right. Except for my mom, and she stood outside. You right. know what I mean? Like. Right. So he was like the what, the world. Is, is two this people. house and these two people. Yeah. <laughs> and the second somebody else comes, it's like, we're being invaded by aliens right now. <laughs> that is a Martian,
0: essentially. Thank you for listening to Space Cat's Peace Turtles. And thanks to Ben Prunty for the use of his music. You can find more at benpruntymusic.com and benprunty.bandcamp.com Pax Magnifica Bellum Loriosum.